But uh, Mark chapter number five, Mark chapter number five, again, I want to say what a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord with you this morning, thankful for this opportunity. Mark chapter number four, the end of, end of Mark chapter number four, before we get into uh, chapter number five, verse 35 of the end of Mark chapter number four, the Lord tells the disciples, let's get in the boat, we're going to pass to the other side. And when the Lord tells these disciples to get in the boat, there is no crash course as to, Lord, what if a storm hits? Lord, what if we get out in the middle of that water and get in a mess? There is no crash course right there at the beginning. These disciples obeyed the voice of the Lord, obeyed the voice of their master, their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and they did just what he told them to do. There was no promise of smooth sailing. On this sea of life that we're on, church, there is no promise of smooth sailing. If somebody told you you get saved, that's the end of all your troubles, they have lied to you. The Christian life is one of the hardest lives you'll ever live. It's the best life you'll ever live, but it's also one of the hardest lives because we can't understand with our finite minds, our finite thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We can't understand why death has to happen to us. We can't understand why mom and kids, something has to happen to them or why cancer has to uh, invade our body. We can't understand that. But I'm glad, as I've already said, he sees the end from the beginning. He knows his ways are not our our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. God knows what's going to happen. He knows how he's going to act and he knows how we're going to react. He never did promise them smooth sailing, but he did promise them a safe landing. Let us go to the other side. We are going to make it no matter how rough the seas get, no matter how rough life gets, no matter how bad the storms get, no matter how big the waves get, we are going to make it to the other side. And sure enough, these disciples get out there in the middle of that water the storm hits, the Bible says the waves beat against the ship that it was now full. The ship's about to go down. These disciples are fearful for their life. The Lord's asleep in the hinder part of the ship. These disciples are, are, are praying. Uh, they're, they're, they're thinking to themselves, thinking out loud, we're going to die. This is the end for us. Then one of them gets a bright idea. Maybe we ought to go wake up Jesus. And sure enough, when they wake him up, they ask one of the dumbest questions that's in, recorded in our Bible. And that question is, Lord, carest thou not that we perish? These boys have walked with the Lord. They've seen him fellowship with sinners. They have seen him fellowship with, with publicans. They've seen him deal with Pharisees. They know how he has reacted in their lives. They know how he has cared in their life. These boys know from firsthand experience that he cares for them and that he cares for everybody. But this lapse of faithlessness, they ask that dumb question, carest thou not that we perish? And the Lord didn't have to speak a word he steps out on the bow of that ship and he says peace the waves lay down the wind stops blowing the lightning stops flashing and these boys make it out alive this passage of scripture lets us know that our God is God over the deep 
He's God over the sea of our lives, the deep sea of our lives. He's God over the deep. We move to the first part of chapter number 5. The Bible tells us that he comes to the country of Gadara. There's a naked man who has been cutting himself, who is wild, who cannot be tamed with fetters. He cannot be tied up. He cannot be bound. He is living in the tombs. This maniac of the Gadareans is what we call him. The Bible says when he saw Jesus, he came and fell at his feet. That's a good place to start. He fell at his feet, and the Bible says the Lord starts talking with the demons that are in this man. He said, Lord, uh, the, the Lord says, what is thy name? And these demons respond, Legion, for we are many. And then they start begging God for their lives. They start begging the Lord Jesus, Lord, don't kill us right here. Cast us over into that herd of swine. About 2,000 swine, the Bible says. Cast us over into them. The Bible says the Lord gave them leave. They went into the swine. The swine run down the hill. The Bible says they are running to the sea, and they choked. They drowned. This lets us know that our God is not only God over the deep, the end of chapter number 4, but He's the God over demons. And you can make light or fun of this idea of spiritual warfare all you want to, but it's a real thing. There is the battle for the souls of men, women, boys, and girls. There is demonic forces. There is a prince and power of the air. You could tell just by the way this world is acting. There is a force that is at work. But I'm glad greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. I'm glad there's a God in heaven who gives the devil just a little bit of power because our God has all power. And I'm glad that whatever happens to us by the hand of the devil, it has to go through the heart and mind of God first. And God has to allow it. He is God over the demons. But then we get to chapter number 5, verse number 23, I believe it is. And the Bible says, There came one unto him, the ruler of the synagogues, Jairus by name. And I'm trying to quote it because I really can't see my Bible. I don't have my glasses. So if I misread it, it's not that I've got a different Bible. I'm, I'm just, I just can't see it. It says in... Behold, there come to when rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, guess what he did? He fell at his feet. That's another good place to start. And besought him greatly, saying, Master, my little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and she shall live and I'm interested in the next five words of verse number 24 the Bible makes this statement and Jesus went with him and Jesus went with him at the onset of this message let me say no matter what it is you're facing no matter what it is you're going through 
He still is that friend that sticketh closer than a brother. He still is one that says, I'll never leave thee. I'll never forsake thee. I'm with thee always, even to the end of the world. He still is that God that when you can't see him, he sees you. He still is that God when you can't feel him. He knows where you are. He has his eye on you. The Bible says that he feeds the sparrows. Are ye not more important than the sparrows? The Bible says that he sees the the birds when they fall out of the sky. Are we not more important than the birds? The Lord knows where you are you are. He knows what you're going through and you can rest assured whatever it is you're facing in this life could be today may be tomorrow. Whatever it is you're facing right now, whatever it is you may face tomorrow, there is a God who will go with you. There is a God who has your best interest at heart and mind. There is a God who knows what's going on in your life. He knows what's going on in your kids' life. He knows what's going on in mom and dad's life. He knows what's going on at the job. He knows what's going on at the house. He knows what's going on at school. God knows and Jesus will go with you no matter what it is you're facing in this life. And Jesus went with him. Concerning the life of Jairus, number one, Jesus went with him in his desperation. I've got four daughters, two of which are here, two of which are married, have babies paying most of their bills. Your dads know what I mean. I've never been at the place in my almost 52 years on this earth, 25 of them almost having daughters. I've never been at the place where I felt like in my almost 25 years of having kids, I've never been to the place where I felt like one of my daughters was about to die. Some of you's probably been there. Some of you's probably been through that. But I, I'm talking about me right now. I, I've, I've never been there. My wife has been in the birthing room when my girls gave birth to my grandbabies, one 15 months ago, one five months ago, one little boy, one little girl. She said it got a little touch and go in there, but I wasn't in there. So I don't know how close they were or, the, or what the possibilities of, of them were. To, I, I don't know that. I've never been there. I've, I've seen the bumps on the head. I've seen the bruises. I've seen the cuts. I've seen the broken arms where I've had taken to the hospital and stuff like that. But I've never one time in my life personally felt like one of my little girls was about to die. Just never have been there. But I believe if I get to the place where Jarius is, and I honestly believe Jarius is probably in the most desperate position He's been in. I mean, it's something when your kids get sick. It's something when you feel like your kids are about to pass from this life to the next. That's just something moms and dads are not supposed to go through. We're supposed to leave before they do. So that's not something that's a a natural occurrence. That's not something that is an often occurrence. We're supposed to die before they do. So I really can't say how I know how Jarius feels, but I feel like if I ever got to that place where I felt like one of my little girls from 8 years old all the way up to 25, if I felt like one of them was about to die, I feel like I'd be as as desperate as I could possibly be as a dad. I feel like I'd spend every dime I could to try to get them better. I feel like I'd try every doctor. I feel like I'd try every bit of medicine. I feel like I'd try everything. I'd go to my wits end to do all I can to try to get them well. And I believe Jairus has probably tried all that. 
I believe Jairus has tried doctors. I believe he's tried medicines. I believe he's tried everything else. But maybe one day Jairus was standing on the banks of the sea and he's praying, asking the Lord for a miracle for his little girl. And maybe he sees that man that they just woke up in the hinder part of the ship. Maybe he sees that man step out on the bow of that ship and he sees that sto- that boat is a tossing and a turning in the waves of this life, in the waves of that storm. And he speaks peace and Jairus says, man, if I could just get him to my house, if I could just get him to come to where I am, if I could just get him to lay hands on. Or maybe Jairus knew that maniac of the Gadarenes and maybe Jairus saw the Lord touch him. Maybe Jairus saw that man clothed and in his right mind and Jairus is thinking, if I could just get that man to my house, my little girl would be healed. My little girl will live. And if Jairus is thinking, hey, I'll fall down at his feet. I'll beg him to come. I'm desperate as a man could be. And when we get in the spots in our life, it may be sickness, it may be heartbreak, it may be a wayward child, it may be whatever the case may be. There is a God who understands your desperate situation. He understands what you're going through. And if you just fall down at his feet, and if you ask him, he will come to where you are, and he will meet your desperate need. Jarius is a desperate man. But the Bible says, Jesus went with him. All the way through his desperation, Jesus went with him. He'll go with you, child of God. When you get to that place where you feel like he's the only way, he's the only answer, he's the only cure, He'll go with you in your desperate situation. Number two, he not only went with Jarius in his desperate situation, but number two, he went with Jarius in what Jarius thought was a distraction. I can imagine when Jarius falls down at his feet, asks the Lord, Lord, I need you to come to my house. Lord, I need you to lay hands on my little girl. The Lord agrees to go. I can imagine Jarius getting up off of his face. And I can imagine Jarius knowing how desperate in his own heart this situation is. I can imagine Jarius probably takes off in a little run, maybe a jog, headed to the house. We got to go. My house is just just right over there. And Jarius is talking, Lord. This was the symptom. She started off like this. And Lord, she started off this. And Lord, she just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And about that time, there's no response coming from behind him. And Jerry stops right in mid-stride and looks. The Bible says the Lord has stopped. And Jerry probably runs back over. Um, Lord, we got to go. Remember my situation? I just told you about my little girl. Um, Lord, we got to go. She, she's about to point of death. If, if, if we don't hurry up and get there, she's going to die. And maybe Jarius kind of looks past the Lord. And the Bible says there's a woman. And I personally believe she's laying flat on her face. Because the Bible says she has to reach up to touch the hem of his garment. And it's that woman with the issue of blood. Now, maybe Jarius knows her as well. That woman's probably been to the synagogue where Jarius is at. That woman's probably gave her petitions to the, to the priest, to the preacher, to the, 
to the rulers of the synagogue and they probably know her situation and Jairus probably looks at that woman and says, um, Lord, that woman's been sick for 12 years. And carnal thinking, this will cause us to look down our pharisaical nose at Jairus, but we're the same way. Um, Lord, that, that woman's been sick for 12 years. What's one more day? Lord, uh, my situation, remember my little girl, uh, I asked first. Lord, I had your attention first. We're all like that. Every one of us. We'll hear the report of somebody getting healed over here, maybe from cancer, and, and we just found out we got it, and we're like, Lord, um, my situation, Lord, I, I know you're busy. Lord, I know you got tied up with them, but I, I needed mine yesterday. Lord, I needed my answer yesterday. We're all like that. This flesh gets in the way, and we think everything the Lord does for somebody else in our time of need is a distraction. He's having to take time to answer them and not answer us, and he's having to take time to do this for them and not do this for us. That's how our carnal mind thinks. And Jarius probably looks at that woman, looks at the Lord, and he probably speaks in 2022 vernacular. Ain't nobody got time for that. I mean, I can imagine Jerry's heart beating. Um, Lord, you can come back to her. Lord, get mine done first. And you come back to her, Lord, um, she's been going through this for a long time. My little girl's just, just now got sick. My little girl's just now got to the point of death. Uh, she'll be good tomorrow. You can handle her tomorrow. That's exactly how we are. And I believe the Lord maybe looks at Jairus and says, um, Jairus, this woman needs me right now. She's fell at my feet just like you did. She's called out to me. I mean, the Lord asked the question, who touched me? And the disciples are like, Lord, what do you mean who touched you? There's throngs of people around here. Everybody's wanting to touch you. What do you mean who touched you? And the Lord made this statement. It's as though my virtue has gone from me. And the Lord realizes, the Lord knows. He didn't realize nothing. It didn't just pop in his head. He already knew. This woman needs a touch. This woman needs something that only I can give her. And he says, Jarius, let me take care of her right now. Because I'm thinking to show everybody around that I'm God. I'm thinking to show this woman that I'm God. I'm thinking to show you that I'm God. And when I get to your house, I'm going to show you again that I'm God. I'm going to show you a little girl that I'm God. And when I get done with this woman, I'm going to get every bit of glory. Everybody around here is going to praise me. This woman's going to praise me. You're going to praise me. Everybody around. I'm doing this for her good, but I'm doing this for my glory. And when I get to your house, Jared, I'm going to do it for your good, and I'm going to do it for my glory. I'm going to get glory when I get to your house. Everything God did in this, on this earth while walking as a man, he did it to get glory to himself. He'll not share glory with anybody. He's God. And everything he done, every miracle he performed, everything that he did when he caused the blind to see, the deaf to hear, the dumb to speak, the lame to walk, he did it to get glory to himself. And it was always for that person's good. Let me let you know today, there's nothing distracting him. He's not distracted by time. He's not distracted by people. He's not distracted by place. He's not distracted by things. He can handle all our problems all at the same time. His shoulders are big enough. He can hear you when you cry. He can hear you when you cry. He can answer you and he can answer you all at the same time because he is God. And everything he does, it's gonna be to get glory to himself. 
He said, Jarius, this is not a distraction. He said, I'm using this to show everybody around who I am. And I'm going to get glory to myself. When he does the miracle in your life, he'll get glory to himself. You'll give him glory. Everybody around will see it. They'll give him glory. When he does a miracle for you in this section, he'll get glory and you'll give him glory and everybody around will give him the glory that he deserves. He's not distracted. Jairus says, thank you, Lord, we got to go. And the Lord says, Jairus, I got time for this and I'll have time when I get to your house too. I'm gonna get glory. He went with him through what Jairus thought was a distraction. Number three, he went with Jarius in desperation. He went with Jarius in what Jarius thought was a distraction. Number three, he went with Jarius through Jarius's moment of disbelief. You say, how do you know Jarius didn't believe? I can imagine in verse 23, 22, 23, when Jarius comes and falls at his feet, I can imagine just by the statement he makes, Lord, I need you to come. I need you to lay hands on my little girl that she may be healed and she shall live. That takes faith to believe that. It takes a lot of faith to believe that this is the answer to my problem that's going on at the house. It's a lot of faith. Jairus' needle, so to speak, on his gas tank of faith is all the way on the F in verse 22, 23. Even verse 24, when the Lord's headed to the house. Jairus stops because the Lord stops to heal that woman. And Jairus is thinking, we gotta go. We gotta go steal all the faith in the world. But the servant comes. The servant comes from Jairus' house. I believe it's verse 32, 33, somewhere along in there. And the servant makes this statement. Hollers it. I don't know. I don't know if he gets right up in Jairus' face. But honestly, I believe he's a good bit away because I believe everybody hears it. And the servant says, Thy daughter's dead. And I can imagine Jairus' heart just sinks. Jairus may be able to hear his wife screaming at the house because their little girl's done died. There may be wailing throughout the streets because this little girl, her, her, her friends and all, may be wailing throughout the streets because she's dead. And then that servant asked this question. Why trouble ye the master any further? Jairus, you might as well just let him be. He's not the answer. The situation's over. The case is hopeless. It's already a done deal. There's nothing he can do. There's nothing anybody can do. Don't trouble anybody else about what's going on at the house. Thy daughter's dead. And I can imagine Jarius's faith level on the gas tank of his faith goes all the way from full all the way down till the orange light has come on. And for some of you ladies, that means you're about out of gas. Just to let you know, lesson one today. For my crowd over there, that means you're about out of gas. And I can imagine Jerry is probably just 
breaks down sobbing right there. Jarius probably just starts weeping. Well, maybe you wasn't the answer. Got my hopes up for nothing. Um, sir, you, you, you have a good day. And Jarius probably walks away heartbroken, unbelieving. Faithlessness has set in on Jairus' life, but the Lord makes this statement about verse 34, 35. Just believe. The Lord tells Jairus, after that servant has cried, trouble ye the master, the, the Lord tells Jairus, Jairus, um, it don't take mountain loads of faith for me to work. It don't take tons and tons of faith. It doesn't take tons and tons and bucket loads and truck loads of faith for me to work. Jairus, all it takes is the faith the size of a grain of mustard seed. Jairus, all you have to do is believe just a little bit. You, I know there's moments of faith, and I know this flesh hurts, and I know the storms you're going through, it's rough, and it, it causes you to not believe in me. But Jairus, you don't have to have big tons of uh, tractor loads of faith. All you have to have is just a little bit of belief. All you have to have is just a little bit of faith. He said, Jarius, just believe. Child of God, when you're at your lowest moment, when you don't know if you can trust God or not, when you think that your gas tank's run out and your car's already a sputtering, the, the life is already sputtering, you feel like you're about to die because you feel like you can't trust God at what he said. You keep troubling him. You keep letting him know, hey, I've got a situation. It's not big for God. It's not over till God says it's over. That man may have said it's over, but God said, hey, I've got a word to tell you. I've got a lesson you can learn. I've got something you've got to see. You just keep on believing. You just keep on having faith. You just keep on trusting. God because even the dead is no match for him. He Death is no match for him. He can handle any situation. You just keep believing. In your moment of disbelief, in your moment of faithlessness, there is a God who will go with you. Just believe. Keep troubling the master. He wants us to keep seeking. He wants us to keep knocking. He wants us to keep asking. You just keep on troubling him because there's no situation over until he says it's over. You just believe. Have faith in him. Number four, Macy, come on to the piano. Y'all get that song ready. He went with Jarius through his desperation. He went with Jarius in what Jarius thought was a distraction. He went with Jarius in his disbelief but number four and I could throw a point number five in but I'm going to just limit it to point number four he went with Jarius even in death I could have went ahead and said he went with Jarius in his deliverance because that little girl got up that's something we don't see in this life not saying it's impossible. God can do whatever God wants to do. But we don't see it in this life. But I want you to know, child of God, when that saved mom or that saved daddy or that saved husband, that saved wife, that saved child passes from this life to the next, there is deliverance. We may be praying for healing and God chooses to take them home. God, God chooses to give them the deliverance and, and healing when they get to the other side. There is deliverance. But in this case of Jarius, the little girl gets up. The Lord went with Jairus even through death. Let me let you know, child of God, 
death's no match for him. But when that time comes and we have to look death square in the face, it's just the next step into the presence of God. We got a preacher friend up in Elkview, West Virginia. Pastor Lee Swore's his name. A few years ago, we were singing at the church and my in-laws sang a song at the crossing. There'll be somebody waiting for me at the crossing. And Brother Lee said that he got a call one day from the nursing home several miles away from the assisted living where his mama was. Said, preacher, you need to come. Said, your mama's on her last few moments. Said, you need to get here as quick as you can. Brother Lee said, I asked that nurse, is there anybody there with my mama? And she said, preacher, there's nobody here. He said, is anybody holding my mama's hand? Is anybody singing any kind of hymns to my mama? Is anybody trying to give her comfort to let her know it's going to be all right? The next face she sees will be the face of Jesus. She said, preacher, there's nobody here. I said, we need you to come. And Brother Lee said, I jumped in my car. I don't know how far away it was, but he said, I was crying. Riding up the road thinking, nobody's there with mom. She's having to do this all by herself. Nobody's holding her hand. Nobody's singing songs to her. Nobody's trying to give her comfort. He said she's having to go through this all by herself. And he said, I got to crying so bad I had to pull over. And he said, I'm begging God. God, let me make it. God, let me see my mama. Let me hold her hand. Let me sing songs to her. Let me comfort her through this time she's going through. And he said, about that time, I get the call. Preacher, it's, it's too late. Your mom's already made the crossing. And he said, was anybody there? She said, preacher, nobody was here. He said, we're so understaffed, the only way we knew it was the, the sound of the monitor went off. He said, and she said, nobody was here. And the preacher said, I cried like a baby. He said, I got my composure. And he said, I made it up to the assisted living and he said I'm sobbing as I walk in he said I see my lifeless mama laying on that bed and he said I'm thinking to myself nobody was here nobody was holding her hand nobody was singing to her nobody was giving her comfort he said then it's almost like the spirit of God just flooded my heart flooded my mind and he said I heard this voice that was louder than audible there wasn't anybody here physically but he said I was here God said I was here he said she didn't need anybody to hold her hand I took her hand as she came across the river he said she didn't need anybody to sing to her I was singing the sweet songs of Zion to her he said he didn't need anybody to comfort I give her all the comfort that she needed when I healed her just as soon as she stepped across the river he said that gave me joy that gave me peace even though nobody was there physically there was a God in heaven who was there through death child of God he's there through death he's there for that loved one that's making the crossing and he'll be there for you after the crossing's done he'll be there in this life he'll be there when it's time for you to die there is a God who will go with you even through death he'll be there to take your hand you'll hear the words welcome home well done thou good and faithful servant there is a God who will go with you 
through death. No matter what it is, I, I don't know, just, just from the reaction to the songs, people coming to this altar, no doubt there's burdens. No doubt there's trials. No doubt there's heartaches. No doubt there's valleys. You can rest assured, whatever it is you're facing, there's a God in heaven who will go with you through the storms of life. He will go with you. You know what he did? The Bible says he sent everybody away. He took mom and dad to where that little girl was. And he did exactly what Jerry has asked him to do. Lord, I need you to come to my house. I need you to lay hands on my little girl. The Bible says he touched her and he made this statement, my daughter, come forth. The Bible says she arose from her sleep and she got up. And I knew she was Baptist because the Lord said, give her some food. It's time to celebrate over some fried chicken. We're getting ready to eat. The Lord will go with you no matter what it is you're facing we're going to stand all over the building heads are bowed eyes are closed the girls wrote this song after I preached this message a few months ago and the title of this song simply says just keep troubling the master just keep bringing it to him just keep giving him all the cares all the troubles all the trials of this life you just keep troubling the master Lord I want to thank you for this day God, I bless your name for being so good to us. And God, I thank you for these people bringing all their cares and casting them on you this morning. And God, there may be one in the building who's lost, don't know you as Lord and Savior. I couldn't think of a better time or a better place for this to be their day of salvation. And God, I pray that you'd have your way in their hearts. I pray that you'd have your way in every person on this altar's heart. I pray that you'd meet needs. God, I pray that you'd go to their house. I pray that you would touch them and you'd go with them. God, have your way in everything that's done, everything you're going to do.